Agriculture of America is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Mike Pearson. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to AOA Today. We've got a big show ahead of us. We're going to be talking the cattle market and the hog market with Dennis Smith of Archer Financial Services here in just a minute. And then in segment two, we're going to talk with Louis Pugh. He's an executive vice president at OIDA, the Owner-Operator Independent Drivers Association. And we're going to talk about supply chains and specifically what has happened to the independent trucking industry over the past six months. And then in segment three, Carrie Sifereth, vice president of the U.S. Grains Council, will join us Next week, importers are getting together in Minneapolis to talk about buying U.S. feed grains and DDGs, and Carrie will give us the rundown on what to expect as these international buyers gather in the U.S. And in segment four, we're going to talk just a little bit about hydraulic fluid as we prepare for harvest. But to kick things off, we're going to start here with Mr. Dennis Smith of Archer Financial Services. Dennis, we have seen the cattle market back and forth this week following last week's mm, bit of a collapse in the market. How do you feel about the cattle market this week? Is the bullish sentiment here to stay? Yeah, well, Mike, what we experienced last Futures gave up a premium to the cash, and now we're looking at a, a high probability of a higher cash steer market this week. So I think cattle futures are, are back on the solid footing. They're attracting new buying, and we suspect this market's ready to resume the uptrend. All right, it's ready to resume the uptrend. Dennis, I want to talk supply, rather, demand, first and foremost. How are the U.S. consumers holding up? What are wholesale beef prices doing? Well, wholesale beef has been edging lower, but it's really been a sideways market all year at relatively high prices. Now we've seen the market edge downward. We're noticing the box beef movement is really huge. So we think a lot of end users aware of the supply situation are coming in and beginning to book beef rather aggressively. So I think the wholesale beef is near a low and it could be a, a multi-month low. And, and this may sound as a stretch it could be a multi-year low in the wholesale beef be informed right now dennis that is a big claim right there that would be music to a lot of cattle feeders ears what are you watching for upside targets as this thing turns around well we've got the cash steer market call it a 143 cash right now in the southern plains a little higher than that maybe 145 to 147 in, in the uh, north this this cash steer market could could get really jumpy and as numbers decrease uh because of the shortage of choice and prime beef you could see just a, a real nice move in the cash. We'll be above 150 before Thanksgiving. And I just think this market really performs in, in a much stronger than expected fashion. And I'm bullish and I think it'll surprise me even. All right. Well, Dennis, you mentioned the shortage we're seeing in Choice Plus grading. Let's talk a little bit about that. It's one of those issues that perhaps if you just buy meat at the grocery store, you don't notice. What have you seen with regard to Choice Select grading? Yeah, this grading has really been going on for, for several months now, and it's becoming quite evident that the industry is becoming real current in the marketing. couple of reasons for this. Packing margins, processing margins have been highly profitable for months. While margins have been narrowing higher in the late summer, early fall, they still remain profitable. So that's one factor. Packers have the incentive to do an aggressive kill, and this has been going on for, for weeks all summer long. The other factors there is the cost of gain, which is ridiculously high. And this is uh, forcing the feedlots to push the cattle out the door early. And the net result is a very current marketing status, which Mike, we've not seen this in 
the industry probably in three years or longer. Yeah, I mean, probably since the Holcomb fire down in Kansas, this industry has been struggling to stay current. Dennis, and that leads me to my next question. With diminishing packer margins, are they going to have the incentive to continue the same kill rates we've been seeing? Well, because of the, the way the industry is set up, when, when you get into a shortage, uh, they have fixed costs and they will want to continue to kill cattle. They will begin to fight for market share, and that will contribute to the, the stronger than expected case steer market rally, even though perhaps margins are not profitable. Margins aren't profitable. Dennis and producers are going out there and buying very highly valued feeder cattle right now. Uh, how are, is there a way to make that pencil and manage that risk today? Or are you just betting on the come? Yeah, you're betting on the deferred cattle contracts to really shine and perform. And while I think that's going to happen, it's quite frustrating, especially for the smaller producer to have to have to lay it on the line, so to speak, and, and, uh, and to go after the feeders uh, and, and see what happens but unfortunately that's the way the industry is structured right now it is dennis do you see any break coming in feeders or is it just uh, more strength coming as harvest is underway well the feeders had a, a tough week last week even more so than the live cattle not only because of the stock market but the the fact that corn prices and feed prices they just remain elevated and it appears like that's kind of going to be the fact of life here moving forward so feeders have, have had a sharp break and now they're starting to stabilize along with the live cattle futures market. Dennis, while we've got you, I want to talk pork just briefly. We saw the hogs and pigs report here just a week ago. The hog industry is shrinking. That surprised me considering the triple digit values we've seen on lean hogs over the summer. Why didn't the industry expand? Well, one thing I think is that the, the high price is just simply not high enough, long enough to encourage any long-term uh, expansion plans to go into place. The ridiculous price of input costs, concrete, building materials is, is another major factor. And, and the, thirdly, I think the, the disease issues uh, with PERS and PED has uh, really caused a lot of problems. Uh, and you come Combine that with the elevated feed price, there's just really not enough incentive and there is no expansion occurring in the U.S. hog industry. With no expansion occurring, a diminishing beef supply. Dennis, is there the chance for fireworks here in lean hogs as we get into next year? Well, I think so. And, I, and you look at it globally, it's because we are global markets. Uh, they are uh, rapidly uh, culling animals uh, and contracting in Europe. And that's been going on for, for a long time. Uh, the Chinese situation, they've lost money producing hogs, a tremendous amount of money. So basically, Globally, in my opinion, pork production is headed downward, not upward. And if we can get exports back on their feet, and it's been an awful year for pork exports, you could see an impressively strong rally. That is something else. That is a lot of optimism coming here from Dennis Smith of Archer Financial Services. We've got reason to hope in the beef market, looking at 150 by Thanksgiving and optimism in the pork market. Dennis Smith, thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate your insight on these volatile markets. Thank you, Mike, for having me. And folks, stick around when AOA returns here in just a moment. We're going to talk the health of the trucking industry across the country. So stay with us for more AOA coming up next. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. This is the place most people think of when they hear that a seed has been engineered for superior performance and designed with proven genetic traits. Because something like that could only come from a lab, right? But this is where Allegiant Seed by CHS comes from. It's made by farmers for farmers. Its advanced genetics and unbeatable value are proven here in their fields to make sure they do the job in yours. Talk to your CHS retailer about Allegiant Seed today or learn more at AllegiantSeed.com. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go! Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. 
but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about nine or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is Ernie Johnson Jr. Sports is about overcoming obstacles. And college coaches work hard to help young men overcome Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's called Coach to Cure MD and you can help. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill. Or go online to coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501. Help coaches cure MD. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike, block. Maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach, and in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oils. Oils that run smart. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to AOA here today. You know, yesterday on the show, we spoke with Mike Steenhook, Executive Director of the Soy Transportation Coalition, about the struggles that we're seeing in the inland waterway here as harvest gets closer and the challenges that could put on farmers as we get ready to roll those combines. We've also talked with Max Fisher about the struggles we've seen across the country with regard to Class 1 railroad service. And today, we are going to talk about the work that the American trucker has been doing over the past year and a half to keep everything moving and the struggles that those folks are facing after a summer of $6 diesel. Joining us to do that is Louis Pugh. He is the executive vice president at OIDA, the owner-operator independent drivers association. And Louis, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to be on the show. Louis, independent truckers, we saw a lot of folks go independent here over the pandemic. How many new, new drivers do you think we added to the industry? Well, there's been a lot of new motor carriers, that's for sure. Lots of guys with small business guys like we represent and drivers and stuff have really they have set records in new motor carrier authorities. So, you know, we see this happen every time there's a an upswing in the market and, and, and you know, and this is no different except for this in the last two years since COVID began. It really it just went crazy because rates were so good and there seemed to be a lot of freight and a lot of stuff out there moving, as we all know. You know, there were shortages on everything because people couldn't get things or couldn't get hauled or whatever. So it's been a it's been a really good market for truckers for the last two years. But again, but we've seen the beginning of this year and and going through all year, it's starting to drop and starting to come back down, just just like it always does, unfortunately, with ebb and flow of markets. Well, that's the thing. These things are cyclical. Louie, you mentioned freight rates are coming back down now. So we're seeing that squeeze happen for these independent drivers. 
Yeah, exactly. Not so much the guys who've got contract rates. If you've got contract rates with shippers and receivers, they seem to be holding solid. I mean, I think they're going to start to come down some, but they, they seem to be holding pretty good. But it's guys who haul on the spot market where they use brokers to find them, get loads from brokers. That's where we've really seen a big drop in the in the, in the the rates is in the spot market rate. And again, it's because like everything we're getting to we got so many motor carriers when things were good and there was so much and now that freight's starting to drop off and pull away of course there's there's more capacity of equipment than what there is freight so and the spot market is always where it's seen first is where we always try to get our members to to get contracts get contract rates with shippers receivers and stuff like that and try to use this you only use the spot market rate as a necessity to get your truck home or into a better area that certainly makes sense trucking especially the independent drivers working through brokers is a lot of similarities to farmers supply and demand is the foundation of that pricing and as supply grows that uh, that price can come down which is the squeeze we're seeing right now and louie that's what makes it important this year for independent drivers these independent motor carrier owners to take time to work on their business not just in their business necessarily and i understand oida's got some new training materials out there yeah, and you're correct. Frank said, I've always said that too. I grew up on a farm and I have a small farm now and I was in a, tr had a trucking company for 20 plus years and farming and trucking are just alike in so many ways. And, and including you can't get two farmers or truckers degree on anything. <laughs> but with that being said, yeah, here at OIDA, in fact, it comes up the end of, uh, of October. We have a thing called Truck to Success. It's through our foundation. We take a kind of an A through Z approach and steps on how to be come a, buy a truck, start a trucking business, how to get your own authority. We talk about licensing, permitting, how to set up your business, a business plan, how to spec equipment, whether to lease to a carrier, get your own motor carrier authority, how to find loads, how to negotiate. It's pretty much a, it's a very thorough class. It's like drinking from a water hose, but we have many experts come in and uh, help teach this class. It's by no way an infomercial or anything for OIDA. We want to see owner operators be successful. It's very hard in the trucking industry. Trucking doesn't have like any really government um, agency to help educate you or inform you or anything like that. Trucking sort of a school hard knocks. You kind of have to come out and learn it on your own, bump around. So we'll try to give people a head start to take this truck to success class. It's it's close to $500 for three days, but you get so much information and it's so cheap compared to what it is to buy a truck. And we've done this now for five or six years and we've had some people come and they were going to start a trucking company. And by the time it was over, they said they didn't want no part of a trucking company. And, and to me, that's a win too, because it's, it's just like farming. There's so much money you have to lay out. And if this is something that you're not sure of or you don't want to end up wanting to do, it's better to find out before you set all that money out. Than, than after. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep it in your pocket unless you know it is what you want to be doing. Louis, as you think back over this past year working with the independent trucking companies you do, what were some of the biggest hurdles that they ran into? Fuel price, of course, sticks out to me over this past year, but were there other regulatory issues that were, were causing some of these folks to struggle? Well, you know, fuel is a big thing, the spot market thing. I mean, we filed a petition with FMCSA over two years ago on broker transparency, which would help some of this spot market stuff, in our opinion. It's already a regulation, 373.1, that all, broker all parties of a broker transaction have the right to review that transaction. Unfortunately, a lot of these brokers on the spot market, when they have you sign a broker care contract, they they you they make you exempt yourself from that regulation and we don't even see how that's legal that anybody can make let somebody exempt themselves from a regulation like that a private party so we've been waiting for two years on that we still haven't heard anything so that's a small hurdle and by no means do we want to regulate rates or anything we just want people to follow the regulation so that's the thing you know of course another big age old things parking for trucking or for truck drivers we, you know, there's not enough parking out here across the country. I urge if you have any shippers or receivers listening and they have a big extra lot, 
if you can, please let a driver park there if they need to, because there's just not enough safe places for drivers to park on the highway. But it looks like we're going to get some money to help that, hopefully. And, of course, hours of service and ELDs, that's always a, an issue. There's not enough flexibility, of course, in that. And, and you know, luckily for some of the ag people, they've been able to get exempt from some of that stuff, but some haven't. So that makes it tough as well. Those Louis, are, are there any hour of service that changes expected here in the short term? Not that I know of, no. I mean, okay. we'd like to see. The only thing is, is that they did float a thing for the, for ELDs, um, the electronic logging device, that now, because see, older trucks were exempt. Anything 2000 and older, engine-wise, was exempt. And there's a there's a petition out there now wanting fee comments on whether to put them into the older trucks, which we're, we're totally against that. We, we don't think that's a necessary mandate. In fact, since they put any of these accidents have went up, not down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's still a lot more research that needs to happen on that. Of course, we've been talking to you folks since they initially made that proposal. Louie, I want you to, you've been in the trucking business for some time. You've worked with a lot of these independent companies. Put your cap on, you gaze into your crystal ball. Over the next six months, with this break in fuel prices, do you expect to see the spot market start to settle out a little bit and see some, some consistency return to the trucking business? I hope so, but I think there's so many variables, you know, we all watch the economy and prices fluctuating. And I think on the ag side, you know, we don't know what crops are going to be like. Cause I mean, here in Missouri, where I'm at, we're struck with drought and like most of the West, West and Midwest seems like we got all this drought. And, and I mean, I know guys around me are selling cattle like crazy. So, I mean, I wonder if we're going to get, not have as good a crop. So that, or, and maybe people get rid of all these cows, so there's not going to be much of that to do. That means people are going to start looking for other things to haul. So there's just that. Plus, you know, I think we're going to see the car market and a lot of these markets start to slow down. So I think there's probably some more drop to go before they level out. I hope not. I, I hope I'm wrong. But just from what I'm seeing, that's my opinion. I would be if. I had my own authority in a motor carrier. I'd be trying to get some good contracts, get a fuel surcharge on my contract because I think fuel may go back up again. And, uh, you know, just save that money for a rainy day as much as you can. That's what it's all about. Whether you're in agriculture, whether you're in trucking, when the times are good, capture those good things, stick that little cash aside because we know, as Louie mentioned, this business is cyclical. Louie, before we let you go, tell our listeners one more time, where can they go for that truck to success training? Um, you can either go to OOIDA.com, our website, and you can find it on there, or you can call into our office at 816-229-5791. And that, again, that's OOIDA.com is our website. Fantastic, folks. We've been talking to Louie Pugh, Executive Vice President there at OIDA. Louie, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's been my pleasure. And folks, stick around. We're going to talk global grain trade. Definitely need a lot of trucks to do what we're going to discuss in the next segment with Kerry Sifferath, Vice President of the U.S. Grains Council. Stick around for more AOA. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Tune in the first Wednesday of every month to listen to the monthly grind here on AOA. It's brought to you by our friends at the National Corn Growers Association, and each month we're going to dig into one specific aspect of corn demand. What happens to this grain after it leaves your operations and enters the global supply chain? That's what we're going to talk about each month on the monthly grind. Again, that's the first Wednesday of every month, and you can also find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It's a show you don't want to miss. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, farm radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen reporting. 
Let's take a look at what's happening in the market trade on Thursday. Weekly export sales announced again uh, a little bit sluggish on the wheat and corn side, while soybeans were looking pretty good once again. Mexico, China, the top buyers on the soybean side. The Netherlands also stepping in to buy some soybeans. Corn, Mexico, the top buyer again, while on the wheat side, the Philippines, uh, the top buyer of the week. Now, meantime, in the Protein sector, really good pork net sales, 34,300 metric tons, primarily from Mexico, China, and Canada. Beef net sales were okay, uh, not great, 16,400 metric tons, primarily for South Korea, Japan, and Mexico. We're seeing uh, the export sales being reflected in the markets where there's not a whole lot of fresh news to really digest. We see hogs off to a good start on Thursday with mostly lower action in the grains and oil seeds and cattle trading mixed. Grains and oil seeds uh, moving lower overnight. And that's continuing into the day session as, again, there's just not a whole lot of news to really speak of driving the markets. And the markets right now are a headline-driven market. Ukraine's winter grain acreage may fall by as much as 50% according to a private grain company in Ukraine, although the government still says we may see just a 20% decline. Regardless, the grain and oil seed markets weaker overnight, reflecting the heightened fears that global recessionary problems may erode demand for food and energy-based commodities in the months ahead. We have all the geopolitical issues with the war in Ukraine, also North Korea ratcheting up tensions in the Korean Peninsula, OPEC approving the 2 million barrel per day cut in output on Wednesday, all of that kind of weighing into the market, although, again, little fresh news to really drive things so far on Thursday's trade. Moderate losses in wheat and soybeans, corn down slightly. This is AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 182 over 100, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Everything changed. It felt like my life was over. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it. Or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. I had to tell. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oils. Oils that run smart. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, folks. Thanks for taking the time to tune in to AOA here today. Every week on this show and on really ag media shows around the country, the topic turns at least a few times to the world of exports. We continue to see grain exports and meat exports put dollars in the pockets of American farmers. And the question going out to the future is, can we continue that? How do we continue to tell the great story of U.S. grains to foreign buyers? And how do we keep them coming back to buy more? Well, that is a question that the U.S. Grains Council puzzles over quite a bit. And next week, they are returning with Export Exchange, a program that brings foreign buyers to the U.S. to explore the grain industry. And joining me to talk about it is Kerry Sifereth. He's the vice president of U.S. Grains Council. And Kerry, are you folks getting excited for Export Exchange 22? Oh, uh, yeah, we're very excited. Uh, this Export Exchange uh, 2022, this Export Exchange is something the Grains Council has put on every other year, usually on, in even years like this. Um, obviously, with the, with the pandemic, the COVID pandemic in 2020, we weren't able to do it in person. We tried, had a virtual kind of program, but we're really excited to have uh, all the international customers come. Uh, we'll be in Minneapolis uh, starting uh, middle of next week um, for our export exchange. And so to have, you know, it's, I think it's around 225 international buyers from uh, around 50 different countries all coming together. Uh, we have uh, U.S. Uh, grain export suppliers that will be there having uh, booths 
and being part of the program uh, and a great way to bring uh, people together, export, you know, international buyers with the U.S. originators and exporters here in the U.S. Absolutely. 50 different countries sending representatives to the U.S. to learn about the American grain system. Carrie, I'm curious, we've seen a lot of upheavals in international grain trade over the past two years. And since export exchange has been happening for a, a number of years, do you expect this crowd to look different? Will there be new folks attending, perhaps curious about getting their hands on some American grain or co-products for the first time? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we have, uh, you know, the typical big uh, buying customers of U.S. corn and DDGS and sorghum, you know, our, our customers in Japan and Mexico and South Korea and Taiwan, um, Colombia, um, they'll all be there. But, we, we, you know, we're quite excited. Um, you know, we've got Southeast Asia, which is a, always a big growing market for, especially for U.S. DDGS, so almost every country in the Southeast Asia region will be a, uh, will be attending, uh, but we're we've expanded. We've got quite a few customers coming from the South Asia region, so India, Bangladesh, um, even uh, Pakistan. Um, we've got expanded uh, into both East and, and West Africa, along with our normal customers from North Africa. So you know the Moroccans and the Tunisians and the Egyptians, but we've got um, Tanzanians and Kenyans and people from Ghana and Nigeria. Uh, so yeah, we're really working to expand uh, all all potential markets, and even developing relationships uh, for some of those you know uh, new fringe markets, whether it's uh, Pakistan or or uh, Kenya. Uh, start developing those relationships. So so you know hopefully they'll start buying now, but developing those relationships to create customers you know two three five years from now as well. Absolutely. That's what it's all about, building those relationships, and then they just grow over time. Carrie, I did want to talk to you about the Export Exchange Program is put on by U.S. Grains Council in conjunction with the Renewable Fuels Association and Growth Energy. So I understand DDGs will be a topic of hot conversation. What is the international approach to U.S. DDGs? Is it a product that uh, international buyers are comfortable with? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been, you know, we first started working on marketing uh, DDGS in the international market back in 2003, 2004. Um, and so we've, you know, we're seeing uh, fairly steady exports of DDGs, uh, distiller dry grains to uh, markets around the world um, uh, and, and new potential markets that haven't used it. You know, we're working to educate them on it. Um, and now the, you know, the growth energy and renewable fuels Association, they're ethanol member companies. Um, some of them have started to expand and are producing some newer and more unique uh, distillers products. Uh, um, some that are which called high protein DDGS, um, where you've taken some of the fiber out to re uh, to, to get squeeze some more ethanol out of the corn fiber, which then gives you a, a higher uh, protein product in that high pro DDGS product. Um, and then there's some what they call corn fermented protein, where they're adding some of the yeast back into that higher protein product. And so I know there's a lot of excitement um, from our international markets, um, the, the aquaculture industry, and we'll have a special section on aquaculture, um, as well as the poultry and swine and other markets that are interested in some of these new higher protein and higher the corn fermented protein DDGS products. And so uh, we'll be talking about that at the export exchange, plus a lot of the suppliers that are producing that and marketing that around the world are, are will be in attendance to answer questions and hopefully even sign some deals that you know uh, part of bringing the buyers and sellers together is to actually sell some product while while we're at the export exchange that is always fun if you can end a meeting with a sales report. Carrie, I wanted to ask you, with these international folks coming to town, of course, they are dealing with incredibly convoluted supply chains to get U.S. products to their end users. Are they getting better? Is there confidence that they can enter these agreements and get the goods shipped that they need? Um, yeah, obviously, since uh, uh, since COVID has come upon us, it's, it's done a lot uh, on supply chains uh, globally. Um, yeah, it's you know we're uh, you know we're seeing uh, as we as we start to harvest new crop and, and a lot of these team members uh, will be traveling out into the countryside to see uh, corn and sorghum production and harvest, uh, going to some ethanol plants and seeing uh, ethanol and DDGS production, and as well as some of the uh, uh, logistics side of things. Uh, we have there'll be people and we had a Korean group that was out at the out in the Pacific Northwest uh, looking at some of the export facilities there already. 
Um, some will be down in New Orleans. Some will be <clears throat> looking at the river system and and some of the rail loading. Um, and then a lot of the DDGS and especially some of these specialty DDGS products get shipped around the world in containers. Um, and so there'll be a lot of people visiting different transloading facilities that are loading uh, containers uh, for exports of, of DDGS, but there's people shipping corn, soybean meal, and other things in containers. Um, we're probably seeing the biggest improvement on the container side. Prices have come down. Availability of empty containers is increasing. So it's not completely back to normal, but it's definitely much better than we were um, definitely a year ago and even just six months ago. So we're seeing drastic improvements on the container logistics side. Um, <clears throat> but rail, obviously the, the river uh, being low, uh, especially the lower Mississippi, um, is going to probably cause a little bit of uh, logistic issues in the next uh, you know, three, four, or five weeks. Um, but <clears throat> uh, short of uh, making sure it rains along the Mississippi, there's not a whole lot of control we have on that. But, uh, but yeah, logistically, is, and that we'll, we'll be talking on ocean freight and logistics at, at the export exchange and updating our international customers on that. Uh, and again, bringing buyers and sellers together to, to find ways to, uh, to get product around the world even when there are some logistic uh, issues in certain sectors of the export market. Absolutely. I mean, it's a reminder that uh, even though we like to see all the offices filled in Washington, D.C., we get grain business done with private actors working collectively around the country. That being said, Carrie, we would love to see Alexis Taylor get confirmed into her post or Doug McCaleb. Any indications from your connections in D.C. that we might get a vote on those two nominees anytime soon? Um, you know, we're basically, it looks like uh, Congress is shut down now from uh, through October until the midterm election. So um, ho hopefully those votes get scheduled once they come back after midterm elections and we get get both of those uh, nominees uh, confirmed before before the end of the year. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not a, an expert on, on when those things get scheduled up in Capitol Hill, even though it's just a few blocks from where I'm sitting here now. But, yeah, we, we, we need... Uh, uh, both of those confirmations uh, as we deal with uh, trade policy issues um, from the government to government uh, side of things uh, globally. Um, and those are two important uh, positions we need filled as soon as possible to help deal with those uh, growing issues globally. Absolutely. Uh, Carrie, from a domestic perspective, are there any policies that USGC is, is advocating for either in this country or around the world to help uh, streamline the international grain trade? Um, obviously, we're we're always pushing to uh, promote free and open trade, uh, lower tariff barriers, um, uh, especially if there's if there's areas where tariff uh, against, US, against U.S. products are higher than than other origins, um, and so we work quite heavily with our and you know, we have uh, <clears throat> offices, ten different international offices, and and other representatives in about 27 countries uh, globally, um, working on those kind of things uh, constantly. Uh, um, opening up markets for uh, and con con continuing to keep them open for for corn, barley, and sorghum and, and coal products like DDGS. Uh, we do a lot of work on on ethanol export promotion, which brings in the, uh, additional trade policy issues as well. Um, so yeah, we're constantly working on on all those things uh, in conjunction with our U.S. government uh, uh, <clears throat> contacts, including the uh, the posts out of the various embassies to overcome these. So yeah, there's never a shortage of of issues to talk upon on keeping open markets open globally, um, and and even True. there are in some cases we have some countervailing duty cases on certain products that we have to deal with uh, as well, um, which again brings in our need for for USTR and USDA to work in conjunction with us to help overcome those issues. Absolutely. It's important to have the full team there when you're presenting these cases that are truly international in nature. And that's what the U.S. Grains Council does, presents American grains to foreign buyers so we can get them off our shores and put dollars in our pockets. Folks, we've been talking to Kerry Sifareth. He is the vice president there at the U.S. Grains Council. Kerry, thanks for joining us today. Sure. Thank you. And folks, stick around when AOA returns. We're going to talk briefly about hydraulic fluid headed into harvest. We're also going to take a look at some of the news that is impacting agriculture from around the world. Stick around for more AOA. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. With macular degeneration, you lose your central vision. You have a blind spot right in the center of your face, so I can't actually see your face. So even that little circle in which I could see became a big blur. I was 65 when I first was diagnosed with glaucoma. There were no symptoms. I had no headaches. Three million Americans have glaucoma, and half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes, and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. Nothing offers an opportunity to bond and give thanks quite like breaking bread together. This is especially true as we welcome our troops back home and keep those who are still stationed overseas in our hearts. Hi, I'm Gary Sinise. Since 2011, the Gary Sinise Foundation's Serving Heroes program has shown gratitude to our nation's defenders and their families by serving up nearly 500,000 hearty classic American meals at travel hubs and military locations. And now, together with our friends at Bob Evans Farms and their Our Farm Salutes program, we will help to provide even more meals nationwide, offering our defenders a taste of home and a feeling of togetherness around the table. Help us show America's gratitude through food and fellowship. Look for the Bob Evans Our Farm Salutes purple packaging at your grocery store and visit ourfarmsalutes.com to learn more. While we can never do enough to support the men and women who serve together, we can make a difference, bite by bite. Smart stays on the road. That's why it's in your engine. Because you wouldn't settle for subpar performance. Cenex Maxtron synthetic diesel engine oils give you the smartest oil for the toughest conditions. These premium oils maintain 80% of their viscosity throughout the drain interval for superior engine performance across extreme temperatures. That horizon looks good with the competition behind you. Cenex Maxtron diesel engine oils. Oil that runs smart. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go! Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about nine or ten, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Would you know what to do in a poison emergency? Would you know whom to call? Well, the answer is poison help. 1-800-222-1222. Poison help is a 24-7 government hotline staffed by poison experts. It's free to call and available in over 100 languages. Every second counts in a poison emergency. Don't waste it wondering who to call. Save poison help in your phone today. 1-800-222-1222. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. The landscape of media has changed and people are more skeptical than ever about where they get their news and information. While major news outlets show decreasing credibility, your local farm radio station still shows strong marks. In a recent survey, farmers rated information from their farm broadcasters as almost twice as reliable as major news outlets. Farm radio continues to be transparent, honest, and trustworthy. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting.
Agriculture of America is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Keeping farmers and ranchers informed. AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Machinery used around the farm continues to grow in power, continues to grow in torque, and that means you need to be making sure that the fluids you're utilizing are high quality. We're talking about that today with Jim Hargan, the district manager at CHS Lubricants. Jim, welcome. Hey, thanks, Mike, for having me today. Well, you know, in the ag market, we typically see the use of a high-quality engine oil in their farm equipment. But what about the fluid needed for your tractor hydraulic system? Fluids and systems used in many tractors and farm equipment are facing increases in power and torque, and with each new mile that rolls off the assembly line. This means that your tractor fluids need to provide unsurpassed durability and keep your hydraulics clean and protected. Jim, what affects the demands of tractor hydraulic fluids? Well, you know what? When we look at increased tractor speeds up to 40 miles per hour, exceedingly more complex hydraulic systems, a need to maintain productivity throughout the season, and especially cold weather performance. Newer equipment is being made to handle bigger loads, and in many cases, the fluid reservoir capacity has not increased. And at the same time, farmers are looking for better responsiveness and smoother operation. Jim, how do Cenex products protect equipment? Well, Cenex Premium Lubricants, like Maxtron THF Full Synthetic Tractor Hydraulic Fluid, provides a multifunctional tractor hydraulic fluid for enhanced all-weather performance. Cenex products use a high-quality base oil and a robust additive to offer protection to your equipment's vital components, such as protecting pump hoses to extend equipment life, prevent oxidation wear and brake chatter, minimize flow hydraulics, leaking cylinders, and valves. Jim, quality is so important. Why do high-quality fluids matter? Well, tractor hydraulic fluids are being asked to perform at a much higher level today. This means enhanced friction performance, wear protection, hydraulic pump protection, and water tolerance. Bargain price fluids such as the yellow bucket fluid can lead to equipment failures, repair costs and breakdowns attributed to a low quality fluids end up being more costly than investing in high quality fluids from the start. Cenex Maxtron THF full synthetic tractor hydraulic fluid enhances hydraulic precision and improves pumpability in extreme temperatures. Also minimizes downtime by reducing friction and providing superior pump, gear, brake, and transmission and hydraulic system protection. Extends oil life by providing superior oxidation control and high temperature application. Where can people go to learn more, Jim? Visit Cenex.com to learn more about Maxtron THF, full synthetic tractor hydraulic fluids, its ingredients, and the benefits of a quality additive package. That's Jim Hargens, the CHS Lubricants District Manager. Jim, thanks for joining us today with this important topic. Thank you. Well, folks, we've also got to talk about some other issues that matter here at Harvest Time, which is demand out in the countryside. On the corn market, we have seen substantial demand from ethanol plants over the year. They have really, in a lot of places, been driving basis in local markets as that demand for fuel has been so strong. And the good news is the ethanol market came roaring back to close out the month of September. It had been a little bit of a decline in production. Some analysts were starting to get a little nervous, but it's also expected here ahead of harvest that ethanol plants, particularly given the high inputs of corn out there in the countryside, shut down maintenance. Those maintenance, uh, that maintenance work is coming to a close. And September, uh, the last week in September, saw ethanol production rise to 889,000 barrels a day, and that's up substantially from the 855,000 barrels a day a week earlier. So we are seeing some good news there for U.S. ethanol producers. Glad to see that has come back and uh, is is really starting to uh, to drive production here as we head into harvest. We've also got some new news, rather, from around the world. Uh, we've spoke, spoken on this podcast several times here in recent months about the outbreak of high-path avian influenza, bird flu, that has been ripping through poultry farms here in the U.S. We had an outbreak back in the spring, got things under control as the summer heat mitigated the virus's impact, and now as fall comes back into the air, we are seeing those HPI outbreaks in the U.S. accelerate once again. We talked about some that were found in Ohio and in Utah earlier this week, but it's not just the United States that's grappling with bird flu. 
Europe is also contending with a very similar strain. I'm not a doctor enough to know if it is the exact same strain of bird flu, but it is causing very similar outbreaks. And on Wednesday, the Netherlands, the Dutch government, ordered poultry farmers to confine their birds, all uh, pasture-raised birds. Any bird that's outside has been ordered to be confined, and the hope is that's going to help mitigate the spread of avian influenza. The Dutch have seen 10 cases of bird flu here just in the past month at a smattering of backyard operations and commercial poultry facilities. We've also seen similar outbreaks in France and in Germany. So Europe is getting concerned. We heard from Dennis Smith earlier in this program about the European reduction in pork production. We're seeing the Europeans reduce their overall livestock output. Beef is down as well. And now poultry could be on the chopping block if this HPAI continues to work its way through the European poultry sector. We'll continue to keep an eye on that. Certainly could drive some demand for U.S. poultry exports, although that European market is a tough one for the American farmer to crack into. Looking back at the United States, we have been talking a lot, a lot more than you'd expect to hear an agricultural show talk about the broad market, but it continues to impact the ag industry every single day. And one of the places we're seeing that impact is how does the U.S. consumer spend? and their dollars. That's the billion dollar question as we're coming out of COVID. And so we continue to get updates from Uncle Sam and we did get an update on the US services industry. When consumers are going out there spending, they're either buying goods or they're buying services and uh, they're spending a little bit less on services. We saw a drop down in spending on entertainment. We saw a drop down in spending on dining out, basically anything that requires people to get out of their house and spend some money, they are stepping that back. So we'll continue to keep an eye on this. The trade deficit also narrowed in this past month. It shrank 4.3% to $67.5 billion, and agriculture was no small part of that. Our exports continue to be strong. Thanks for tuning in to AOA Today. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to talk about the World Dairy Expo that happened up in Madison, Wisconsin this past week with Corey Geiger of Hordes Dairyman, and we're going to check in and talk markets with our friend Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodity Economist of Stonex. We'll see you tomorrow for more AOA. Agriculture of America is brought to you by Senex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oils. Oils that run smart. Time is money, right? And money? Well, it's the whole reason we go to work every day. Senex Premium Diesel protects both. With a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, Senex Roadmaster XL helps your entire fuel system stay up and running so you can count more profits and steer clear of losses. Now don't spend all that free time in one place, unless it's the highway. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, Farm Radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting.